0: If I were waiting for a new king to come to earth today, I would expect him to be ready to take action and to solve problems. God's people were expecting the same thing all those years ago. They were waiting for someone to arrive and to save the day and to take vengeance for his favored nation. So why did the son of God come as an infant? In order for God to make the full sacrifice for us, he chose to come into the world like us. He grew like us. He struggled like us. He even struggled with his sense of purpose and relevance. People actually called him just a carpenter's son. Transitions are exhausting. So many things change. You end up feeling lost, you can find yourself questioning your relevance and even your worth. Whether you're gaining a new surname or going to a new situation, there are two things I want you to know. First, your roles in life will change, but your purpose is eternal. Second, God has a plan for your life, and the enemy has a plot against plan. I'm Sherry Fletcher, and this is your spiritual game plan, the podcast for those in a season of transition. And I'm so glad you're here. Stick around and let's work on a spiritual game plan together. I'm so glad that you're here with me and that we can share a few minutes of this Christmas season together. Let's take a moment to review what we looked at last week in part one of God's plan for the best Christmas ever. The birth of his son, starting off God's plan to bring his children home for Christmas. There's no place like home for the holidays. I'll be home for Christmas. Being home this time of year is something that we all long for. Even though we hear these words, we think about our home here on earth, I believe that the longing that we feel to be home is with our Heavenly Father. It's woven into our whole being. We were created to be in communion with Christ. In fact, you'll remember that that's the very meaning of the word Christmas. Christ, the anointed, and mass to be in communion with. So Christmas quite literally means to be in communion with Christ. God also longs for the best Christmas ever. So he is preparing a place for us so we can finally be home with him. Last week, we focused on what Mary was doing during all the excitement. There was the bright guiding star, all the angels singing, the shepherds seeking Christ. And Luke tells us that Mary was treasuring all these things in her heart and meditating on them. If you remember, to treasure means to preserve something so that it will not perish. God's gift of his son was exactly that, a treasure so that we will not perish. Today is part two of God's plan for the best Christmas ever, and that is Emmanuel, God with us. Matthew 1.23 reads, Behold, a virgin shall give birth to a child, and bring forth a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, God with us. As I was growing up, we had to handwrite letters address the envelope, stick a stamp on it, put it in the mailbox and wait days or even weeks, maybe months for a response. We wrote letters because calling was so expensive. I even remember a time when people didn't have answering machines. So if we did call somebody and nobody picked up, we couldn't even leave a message. If we called somebody and the line was busy, it was busy. We had to wait. Now I can text somebody and get a response instantly. I can open up an app and see where my family members are at all times. I can even grocery shop with my phone and the bags are delivered within a time frame that I pick. We can make changes, find answers in seconds. We no longer have to wait for anything and we are accustomed to having things done immediately. But you know what? Instant results are nothing new to God. Genesis records that when God says, let there be light, there was. When he said, let there be water under the sky, it was so. It would have been a lot easier and a lot faster for God to use instant power to change the hearts of men and bring us home. But God knows us very well, and he knows that we doubt and he also knows that we like to make choices and he wants us to make choices. He wants us to choose to follow him. In order for us to accept that God is who he says he is, he needed what my kids used to refer to as cred. He wanted us to be able to check out his credibility and to make our own choices. So he came to dwell among us, to be one of us and to be with us in every way. The enemy's plot is to isolate us and to get us away from God and to make us believe we are alone, that no one knows us, no one understands us, and that everyone is judging us as a parent. I understand. I've been told things like, mom, you just don't get what I'm going through right now. Life was different for you. My kids seem to think I had life easier than they did. That I wasn't tempted or bullied or left out or hurt, or that I didn't make the same mistakes like they made. So my words, my advice seem irrelevant to them. God understands this too. How do I know this? Because I'm often reminded that God's first two children didn't think his advice was relevant either. They had to try things out for themselves. God didn't wait for humanity to come searching for him on our own. He knew that we couldn't. So he came to dwell among us. If he had come as God, Polly would have told him that he didn't get it. Of course the way for the Lord is easy. You're perfect. You have no temptation. You've never sinned. You're beautiful. You just wave your hand and it's so. But he came into this world helpless, needing his diaper changed, feeling frustrated with helicopter parents who kept him from doing what he knew he needed to do. He had to work on his temper. He displayed that in the temple. And he was even tempted in every way you and I are tempted. That means in every way. He was bullied. He was left out. And I know that there were probably times when telling a lie would have been easier because he was tempted in every way. And you know what? In Isaiah 53 too, we are even told that he was not attractive. It says he possessed no splendid form for us to see, no desirable appearance. He was human. He needed credibility so that we would trust him, so that we would follow him. We won't just follow anyone. We need to trust that our leaders know where they're going, that they've been where we want to go, that they've traveled the road and that it's familiar to them. That's what's so wonderful about our heavenly father. He sent his son to come and walk it with us. Jesus has been where we're longing to go, home. He came here to live with us so that we could trust him, so that when he says, follow me, I will lead you home. We know that it's true. I'm so excited that I can share a song with you that I was honored to have the ability to record with my nephew, Adam, who lives in Northern California. He is a college student there, and I'm so proud of his talent. This was a gift for me, that he would take the time to record this for me this week. So I just want to thank you, Adam. This song sums up today's message. As we travel these unfamiliar roads of life, what best would ease your mind? Someone to give directions or a father who says, follow me. I will lead you home. My child You can trust me. Follow me. I know the way. I've been there. I want to take you to live with me there.
1: and tenderly He says to one All the dear children, thy tender care, and take us to heaven to live with thee there. Take us to heaven.
0: Thank you for listening to your spiritual game plan. I'd love to have you join my email subscribers so that you can keep connected. When you join, you'll receive the five steps to start your spiritual game plan. It's a free mini course that will help you discover how to find your relevance and worth in seasons of transition. I will be taking the month of January off. And when I return in February, this podcast will be audio only. Be sure to tune in next week for part three of God's plan for the best Christmas ever. I will be talking about gift giving.